0: On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, we're joined by David Waters, also known as Gator Dave, from Gators Breakdown Podcast. He's also featured often on News 4 in Jacksonville, so he is the guru for Gators football. We talk about the Vanderbilt-Florida matchup. The Gators are 31-point favorites. We ask Dave if the Gators will cover, and we talk about the success of that offense led by Kyle Trask And will he win the Heisman? He definitely has a shot. His stats very comparable to Joe Burrows right now. We also talk about the absence of Kyle Pitts and how that could impact the team not only tomorrow morning in Nashville, but also throughout the season as they inch closer to the SEC championship game. We've got a lot of Florida Vanderbilt talk, as well as Aaron Neesmith and Saban Lee being drafted in the first and second rounds of the NBA draft. Neesmith to Boston and Lee to Detroit. We talk about that and much more in this episode of The Door Report. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco, that's Jimmy Alaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615-356-356. 0303 that's six one five three five six zero three zero three. 356 alaco hardwood flooring perfect floors whatever your style before we head into this episode of the door report as well as a vandy florida preview it's now time to send it over to will byram for a few words on the recycling dudes
1: You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they are brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in West Mead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at recyclingdudes.com.
0: Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 49. It is Friday, November 20th. Celebrate, it's Friday, and we're back and better than ever with the Door Report. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Well, I'm uh, still down here in Naples. You're in Nashville. I'll be back up in Nashville. I'll be uh, leaving tomorrow morning, so I'll be watching the, the Florida Vaney game in the car. Um, definitely have to rely on your updates there, um, getting in the bad service areas, but definitely later uh, in the pod, we will be joined by David Waters, also known as Gator Dave, and we had a great talk with him, so we'll, we'll uh, definitely look and be looking forward to showing that one, but will Vandy, Florida, you know, it should be interesting. Florida's a 31-point favorite. This game is in Nashville, a little bit of a different attendance policy, but we'll see what happens tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, you've got – this This is probably, I don't want to say the most boring uh, preview show that we'll have done, but a lot of it's going to be analyzing whether or not Vanderbilt's able to keep that score underneath the spread underneath that line, um, that 31-and-a-half that it shifted out to because, man, this, this Florida offense has been absolutely unstoppable. Ooh. Um, Man, they've,
0: been, they've just been lethal uh, because you look at a guy like Kyle Trask, who played really well last year, and he, he stepped it up even more. And we'll talk a lot about that with David Waters, how he's a potential Heisman candidate right now. Uh, before we get into some more breaking news, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report at Instagram, uh, door dot report, on Facebook as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, who's definitely getting some more steam right now. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, Will, uh, let's get into some basketball before we get uh, going with the Florida preview. How about this? Aaron Neesmith selected 14th overall to the Boston Celtics. Your team. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, I can't believe it actually happened. Uh, it, uh, that actually happened. So Neesmith to, to the Celtics. And Saban Lee also selected 38th overall in the second round to the Detroit Pistons off of a trade. So how about that? I didn't think I I would see Saban Lee drafted um, a couple nights ago, but definitely a big night for Vanderbilt basketball. And and it's something that Stackhouse and Bryce Drew can both be proud of because Drew got those guys in and he definitely coached them up. But Stackhouse, I think, developed them into the pros they are.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to see for Stackhouse going into year two that he's got two guys that he didn't necessarily bring in, but was able to develop to the point as NBA prospects um, that they were both drafted. And we discussed it that the, the Smith being a lottery pick, he actually fell a little bit lower than I anticipated, yeah. which is why I didn't think the Celtics are going to be able to get him. Um, but Saban Lee not only being a second-round draft choice, but a, a very high second-round draft choice. So, oh, yeah. um, obviously, what I said about him needing to stay in, um, he doesn't get that guaranteed contract like he would um, as a first-round pick, which I think he had the potential to be. But, obviously, mm-hmm. his advisors were, were more well-informed than even a lot of these draft uh, experts yeah. that we see. But on to Neesmith, he's in an incredible, incredible spot in Boston. He Hayward, really is. Um, Declined his player option, um, his thirty-four million dollar player option, so he'll be a free agent. I think he saw the writing on the wall there with them drafting Neesmith, so he, he's going to be in there with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and he's actually going to be playing alongside uh, his former uh, opponent, Grant Williams. Grant there,
0: Williams, so the, and the, the Grant, Celtics, a lot of
1: Tennessee guys. Um, yeah, and got
0: Grant to, um, actually tweeted. I don't know if you saw it. He uh, there was a tweet from a nat- local Nashville reporter. Um, quote, quote, tweeting Aaron Neesmith's tweet about, you know, I'm glad to be in Boston. And then Grant quote tweeted that and said, um, he he talked about his 43 piece uh, again in Nashville, you know, when he dropped 43 and he said, he can give him some advice. And then he said, JK, JK, but, I mean, I think I think he could also teach him how to flop a little bit too. Um, <laughs> as he sh- as he showed late in that one. But yeah, he's well, Marcus Smart there. So if he wants
1: to learn how to flop a little bit, they're certainly the guys.
0: There's plenty of guys in Boston for that. Uh, but yeah, Neesmith, just to I mean, you look at his career at Vanderbilt, he 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 played more than Darius Garland did. He got opportunity to play at Vanderbilt and and obviously unfortunately he didn't get to finish it off. But like you said, Will, great spot for him. I mean, he could—he has the potential to come off the bench as a sixth, seventh guy and get a lot of minutes as a spot-up shooter. But also show his versatility um, in the paint, get into the bucket. And then Saban Lee—he's an athletic guy that that can be worked with. He can be developed uh, by an NBA coach. And 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 honestly, with Saban, I—I I don't know—I don't know how much he's going to be playing. He could be a guy that that moves up through the G, you know, through the G League. You know, we don't know if he's going to be starting in Detroit um you know but again he could he could uh, create a new lob city there potentially with Blake Griffin if he gets a little bit more plan time but but these guys for these guys definitely definitely a congrats and and do you think it says more about um Bryce Drew or Jerry Stackhouse because that's kind of a question I thought about and it's really close for me I, I think like Bryce Drew brought them in yes but boy the work stack did to develop them and 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 they've said it. Neesmith has said it. You know, without Stack, I don't I don't know if I'm where I am right now. So that I, I I think I think you could argue Stackhouse.
1: Yeah, I think it says more in a I don't want to say negative but positive and negative way about Bryce Drew and that how good of a recruiter he was. Because um, I think it was a picture, I, I don't know who posted it on Twitter, but it was of Simi Shitu, Darius Garland, Aaron Niesmith, and Saban mm. Lee. Um, and, you know, the Garland I- I injury issue and then Shitu tearing his ACL senior year in high school. Um, th- those are things out of Bryce Drew's control, but he still had uh, Niesmith and Saban Lee. He had two NBA players yeah. um, on that roster, unable, unable to win with them. So he's an incredible recruiter. Um, I don't know if he was ready to step up to the SEC level of basketball, but Stackhouse's player development is his appeal to players. He had a long successful NBA career, um, and, and that's why guys need to be looking at Vanderbilt as an option because you've got a guy that knows what it takes to develop mm-hmm. you into an NBA draft prospect and move you up to that next level. And I think the guy that shows it the most isn't necessarily Aaron Neesmith. Um, I think it's almost Saban Lee because he was a kind of a fringe guy maybe even yeah. after his senior season. 1 year of development under Stackhouse and all of a sudden he's the 38th overall pick after after uh, leaving yeah. early for the draft. And that, I think it is a really really good look for this Vanderbilt program.
0: It is and I think it 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 kind of it's another step in the right direction for Stackhouse cuz you, you recruits are looking at this. Recruits see two Vanderbilt players drafted and 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 what was it Will two Vanderbilt had it was one of only seven college teams that have two guys drafted. Um, and and in the last 2 years you had Darius Garland lottery pick Aaron Neesmith lottery pick that's one of only two teams obviously had Kentucky but Vanderbilt's the only team um, in the SEC to have two lottery picks in the past two years so really incredible what 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 the program has done with those players again they haven't won a lot with them and and that's that's kind of the the kicker there Uh, but boy definitely some momentum for Stackhouse and and hopefully this um this creates a little bit of recruiting buzz uh, like you talk about, Will. Yeah, I do want uh,
1: to yep. Smith before we move on with, with where he landed in Boston because just for there, a selfish yeah. thing, I'm glad to watch him. Um, but as far as actually a place for him to succeed, he, he's in about as good a spot as he can be. He's got Brad Stevens coaching him. Um, he's going to be playing alongside two guys that, honestly, he's a mesh between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, Brown's more of that pure athletic score, and Tatum is obviously just, uh, unreal and, and, a, and a burgeoning superstar so him sandwiched in the middle of those guys and being able to develop his game mm-hmm. and that young core they have um, it could be something that Vanderbilt fans if you don't have an NBA team because there's not one in Nashville they're, they're going to be really fun to watch in the next and uh, the uh, upcoming years no doubt when when does the Neesmith Boston
0: jersey come in for you Oh, it's coming in soon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, so there it is. Smith to the Celtics Lee to the Pistons. And there, those are your guys uh, for Vanderbilt, especially Niesmith now for, for our guy, Will Byram. Moving on now uh, to the Vandy Florida game. Uh, looking at the line, Will, it's, it's up to 31. It started uh, around 30, uh, but looking at it now, um, again, it is, it is 31 and a half. So um, Florida, a lot of money, you know, being being put in on Florida, and and the over/under is 68. Um, so the, the if you're a betting man, yeah, you, you haven't had a whole lot of success if you if you've bet on Vanderbilt um, to cover. Uh, but in this one, Florida they're five and one. Uh, they've only lost one game. They beat Georgia, and for Vanderbilt coming in at 0 and six, this is just you mentioned it, Will, kind of a nightmare matchup uh, right now. And and the way Kyle Trask has been playing. Uh, as as compared to Vanderbilt's defense uh, it should be um, it it should be quite quite the um, quite the experience for for that defense and 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 especially you know we talked about it with with David Waters if Vanderbilt gets off to a better start you could see a closer first half but with 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 this game being four quarters I just don't see um, I don't see Vanderbilt being close.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you mentioned Heisman candidate. Um, He's not just a Heisman candidate, but depending on week to week, uh, him and Trevor Lawrence are the top two money or or odds-on favorites Mm. to win the Heisman. So um, they're right now, I believe, Kyle Trask is second um, at plus two thirty to win the Heisman, and Lawrence is plus two hundred. But that's been kind of swapping back and forth. So he's not just a candidate. It's probably going to be him or Trevor Lawrence, depending on week to week uh, how their performance goes, but. This, this Vanderbilt game, um, getting more into the preview, it, it's hard for me to see. We always like to do keys of what we need to see from Vanderbilt to w- potentially win this game. Um, it's this, this matchup right now for Vanderbilt is probably the worst matchup they've had the entire season. You basically have a, an unstoppable offense that, that predicates itself on its passing game, which is Vanderbilt's weakness on defense. Um, Florida's defense is middle of the pack, so it gives some opportunities for Ken Seals to move the ball down the field, but they're also first in sacks, so our offensive line has a lot to deal with on that Florida defensive line, keeping Ken Seals upright and opening up running holes, so it's it's kind of a nightmare matchup, honestly, and Vanderbilt, one thing that we mentioned, um, and you'll hear it later in the interview, but Florida has kind of struggled initially in that first quarter, and I said something has to give, because, or not really struggle, but they've been a second-quarter uh, mm-hmm. second team. Um, Vanderbilt, like we've mentioned many a time, is being outscored 66-3 to in the first quarter. So that cannot happen unless they want to get beat by 50-plus. Um, they're going to have to come out and have a strong start, unlike they've done in, in any game thus far this year.
0: Yeah, Coach Mason uh, in, in his press conference preview in Florida, he said, Trask just looks like a different quarterback this year. He looks very different than last year in a good way. I mean, it's really ridiculous to see that jump. Uh, we talked about it with David, and, and and you'll hear, if you're listening right now, a lot about what David has talked about in, in terms of the zip on his balls and, and improved accuracy. And and just watching him, You talk, you know, we talked off air, Will, that, you know, you've watched every Florida game. I've watched a lot of the Florida games because – They're just a fun team to watch. I mean, this offense is so uh, explosive, and 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 they can they can score on you in an instant. The way Trask throws the ball, they don't have Kyle Pitts right now, uh, but offensively, Pierce at running back has has played very well, uh, you know. Also, and they've got more receivers back there, um, you know, for for Trask for Trask uh, to throw to. So if you're Vanderbilt um, defensively, there's just not a whole lot you can do. Um, and, and, you know, you gave up 38 to Kentucky, not a very good offense. Now you're facing Florida, a top five team and one of the better offenses in the nation. Um, you know, it's going to be maybe Derek Mason, you know, calls some different blitzes, some different schemes defensively. But again, like you said, there's probably not a whole lot they can do. Uh, but we'll moving on just just to, to Vanderbilt right now as a team, they're they're own six. You know, as I mentioned, there, there have been um, a couple of close games, the first one against a and then. Last week, you know, against Kentucky, but right now, if you if you were to give them a grade, you know, as a team, we talked about grading Ken Seals and and Seals with eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. We'll talk about his grade, but as a grade, I I think I'd give this team probably. I I don't want to I don't want to say D, but probably a C minus, C minus because you know they honestly this offense has has definitely exceeded my expectations. Defense is still very, um, you know, very, very bad. But, you know, you're looking at the offense and they have improved. So I'm going to give them a C minus.
1: Yeah, it's hard to grade the overall team because there's so many different spots on that team that have struggled or exceeded expectations. And when you're given the grade, you kind of have to figure out, am I doing a sliding scale here? Because the offensive line, you know, just a grade, just watching them, not knowing the situation, they're probably a C. Um, Knowing what the expectations were before the year, they're an A. So just a stat with that Florida offense before I give the grade of the team that, that kind of blew my mind, the least points that they have scored this entire year is 38 points. The most points the Vanderbilt has scored this year is 35 points. So that doesn't bode well. Um, that's just one stat that I wanted to get out there, but I don't know if I can give the overall team a grade. I think the area that would probably get the worst grade for me getting a D minus would be the front seven. Um, they're the only part of this team that had expectations going into the year, and they've been bad. So you've you've got a couple guys that you're going to be seeing playing on Sundays, and this front seven is completely underperformed, and you saw that really, really prevalent last week against Kentucky. So I would give the defense um, a D, and I would give the offense a a C-plus probably. Um, But that's just based on the last three weeks because the offense was really piss poor – um, through the first three weeks of the season, so we'll have to see how it finishes out these last four. But overall team grade, I think I would give it a D plus.
0: And I mean, looking at Florida, they're definitely in the A range right now for their team. They're they're scoring 45 points a game. Look, listen to these stats through the air, though. Well, I mean, you've probably already taken a look at these, but they're averaging 371 passing yards per game, 29 touchdowns. They've got 29 touchdowns through the air. That's unreal, unheard of. And they got total yards 2,230. Um, they run 417 um, total plays. Get, that's ridiculous, too. You know, just running plays in terms of tempo and 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 so for Vanderbilt, uh, any way they can slow down this offense, whether that's um, you know whether that's stacking the box and the run, but I think you know for Florida right now, their run game is their pass game. You know, you could you could argue that that those short passes to Pierce, um, you know, are 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 there is is there is their run game? You know, and and, and receiving. You know, you've got guys like Kadarius Toney as well, um, who, I mean, you look at them, he, he, he's as explosive as it gets in the SEC as well. So, um, again, plenty of weapons at the disposal for Kyle Trask. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, kickoff is set for noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Uh, that game is on ESPN. So uh, that'll be right after game day. A lot of eyes will be on that game early. Uh, so we'll see how hot of a start uh, Florida or Vanderbilt to get off to. So it's kind of – a have a big game for, for for Trask in terms of you know getting, getting some coverage out on him more eyes on him but Will let's get at predictions now with Florida being a 31 and a half point favorite how do you see this game going and and, and how do you um, well I just ask it straight up do you think Florida covers and, and then give us a pick
1: I think that that line is a lot of points because anytime you see something more than four scores a lot of times a team can completely dominate the game and then you know, kind of let off the gas mid to late third quarter, um, you know, being a little bit of sportsmanship showing in that game can kind of sneak in back under the line, get a backdoor cover. I don't mm-hmm. see that happening against Florida. Um, they dropped the game against Texas A&M. They're, gonna, they're looking to be in that college football playoff, and they can't have a game against Vanderbilt just be a 21-point victory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I 100% think that Florida covers this spread. Um, I think that the over-under is going to get its doors blown off at that 68 points. No pun Uh, intended. Yeah. So, I think that my final score prediction is going to be, and it's hard when you get up here, but 61 to Mm.
2: 20
1: Um, is my score prediction. So, I I think if Florida won – A little bit like the LSU game last year. Yeah, they'll tone it down a little bit towards the end of the game. I think Florida is going to be – I don't think we will get one stop in in my opinion – I hope I'm horribly wrong and we come out and we stifle them. But I don't want to graze over that statistic that you put out with them having 29 pass touchdowns this year. Because that sounds like a lot, but you see these gaudy stats in the NFL. Just for some context, Florida has played one less game than a lot of these teams, too. Mm -hmm. Next closest is Ole Miss, who we've all heard about their passing Mm -hmm. attack. They've played a whole one more game than Florida, and they only have 23. And then there's no other team in the SEC with over 20 – and then there's only six total teams out of the 14 in the SEC that even have double-digit passing touchdowns, and Florida has 29. So I, I just want Vanderbilt fans to have it in their mind when they see this Florida team come out that our secondary already struggled, and every secondary in the country has struggled. They they absolutely moved the ball effortlessly against Georgia, who has a top five or ten de- top five defense, not just in the SEC but in the entirety of the country, and they made them look like a bottom tier defense. So Keep the expectations in check for Vanderbilt fans. You can't let a blowout loss here derail any of the momentum that we've kind of felt um, in these past two games against Mississippi State and Kentucky and and let that take away from the feeling that you have that things are kind of moving in the right direction and things are maybe starting to click a little bit for this young roster.
0: All right, I'm going to go with Florida to cover as well. I think it's going to be a close, and I think there, there will be a chance for a backdoor cover, but I don't think Vandy gets it. Uh, Florida, they're, they're they're just too good. They're too good. This is a great Florida team, one of the better Florida teams in the past decade, I think, at least in terms of offense. Um, you know, you could put an asterisk next to the season, but with how good they are, um, I just don't think Vanderbilt can do enough defensively to stop them. I'm going to go not quite 60. I'll go 57 uh, to 17 random just random score I don't even know if that's gonna if
1: why'd you build that up like you were gonna make it closer you made it this almost the same exact
0: (laughs) very almost the same exact um, uh, margin there but uh, not quite 60 points for Florida but again we'll have to see Kyle Trask this season well over 2,000 yards passing we'll see if um, you know he he stays hot and and you know we'll have to see what kind of effort uh, Derek Mason's team comes out with I'm ready to see Ken Seals again um, you know, per, per usual week after week to see him get better um, and, and see if he um, makes some explosive plays because David Waters talks about it uh, here momentarily with with Ken Seals and his explosive plays. So uh, speaking of David Waters, Gator Dave is coming right up here on the door report after segment number one. Let's ride. Welcome back into the door report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. David Waters, also known as Gator Dave, joins us here on the podcast. You can hear him on the Gators Breakdown podcast along with Will Miles. He's also featured on News 4 Jacksonville. He's, he's your go-to guy for, for Gators football, and it's probably been an interesting season for you to cover, David, and but, but an exciting one because the Gators are, are, are playing well this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this was the year everybody was pointing to uh, for Dan Mullen in his third year. And given everything, um, of course, the, the crazy offseason and everything kind of Georgia was going through with losing Jake Fromm and some offensive linemen and and DeAndre Swift. And you know, we knew we knew they had that defense coming back, but everybody kind of pointed to this year for Dan Mullen in year three to be the year to, to get over that Georgia hump. That happened. And, uh, you know, you had the early season loss to Texas A&M. That far as you know, really no room for error right now. Uh, but kind of, you know, everybody, Pointed this year, and Florida's right now after getting past that Georgia hunt still has everything to play for.
0: Yeah, boy, what a big win that that Georgia game was! Uh, you know, to get for Florida and after you know struggling here in the past few years against them. Uh, I want to ask you about the big time receiver Kyle Pitts. He didn't play last week. Uh, can you give us an update on him and where he is with that injury, and, and maybe if, if the Gators could get him back at all this year?
2: Yeah, nasty hit there uh, going against Georgia there, and uh, we knew he'd be out last week for sure uh, probably keeping him out this week for for precaution uh, reasons you know we'll see when he'll be back still no word on that but he'll be out versus Vanderbilt uh, it kind of was a little bit worse than you know of course the the concussion part of the of the hip but it also looks like he may have su- su- suffered some nose damage as well I actually had to have some some type of nose surgery uh, mm-hmm. after that happened so it was probably a little more serious than we initially thought you know we'd Initially, all just concussion, which is bad enough in of itself. You don't you don't know when you can come out of that concussion protocol. Uh, but hurdy uh, he was struggling a bit last week, and then the the, the nose issue, of course, as well. So uh, Florida, I'm sure, hopes to have him back versus Kentucky and and, and Tennessee, LSU coming up before you kind of you know, get back in your routine uh, versus uh, you know before you take on Alabama in the SEC championship game. But uh, out last week, out this week for Kyle Pitts, and we'll see when he's back.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at that offense, they don't necessarily probably won't need him to get these victories here late in the season. But you mentioned Alabama game. Boy, do they want him back uh, for that one. The other Kyle, Kyle Trask, I want to talk about your quarterback. He, he's a Heisman candidate this year, no doubt. And, and a lot of people have, have have picked him to win the Heisman. So um, that's the way he's played. And, and his stats are very comparable to Joe Burroughs last year, maybe some even better. Um, so what have you seen from him that that in terms of that step up from last year and, and, and how different he's been from last year? He was a good quarterback last year, but yeah. you know, this season, I mean, what a jump.
2: Yeah, that was the – you yeah. said the word jump, and everybody kind of wondered. Like, look, he played so well last year. Could he take a leap up? And if he did take that leap up, you would start comparing him <laughs> numbers wise, at least to what Joe Burrow did uh, last year. And that, that was the biggest question. You know, that was an historic season for Joe Burrow. And, and if contrast could improve his game any, then that's where he was going to be. Well, he's done that. And that's where he's at. So uh, the numbers numbers back it up. The production passes uh, your know, backs it up as well. Uh, but it was just what things could he work on being now known as the starter in the offseason now of course you know the crazy COVID offseason so spring wasn't normal you weren't you weren't able to get with your wide receivers you know Florida lost a lot of receivers last year and everybody was like oh there's no way they can replace those wide receivers and be a better offense well you know they did that you still had Kyle Pitts coming back but you (laughs) you lost Swain and Hammond and Jefferson and Tyree Cleveland it was just like man you lose so many weapons there's no way that passing game doesn't take a step back well it hasn't and it's actually grown because of Kyle Trask he is a guy who who elevates everybody around him right now and that's what this offense is, is built on it's built on him and him making that leap this past year and it was my thing is what could he show on the field that would be different you know mentally you could tell from when he Came in for Felipe Franks against like Kentucky last year. He was ready to go, so you knew mentally he was going to do everything he had to do. But what physically could he do to get better? And his ball placement was is miles ahead of what we saw last year. He he throws receivers open. He throws away from defenders where only his receiver can get catch the ball. I mean, it's just the and throwing the ball downfield a, a bit more, so, showing a strong arm. He's coming off his best game, in my opinion, ever for, for Kyle Trask at Arkansas last week where he showed zip on the ball in a more consistent way than we've ever seen it. And he had to fit the ball in some tight windows versus that Arkansas defense, and he did it. And uh, so he's pretty much answered every question we had about him in the offseason, and that's why he's putting up the numbers he's putting up.
1: Yeah, we, we've talked a little bit about that talented uh, offense for the Gators, and, and it's very well known around the country just how lethal that offense is. But moving to the other side of the ball, um, the defense for the Gators has been OK about middle of the pack in pretty much every statistical category in the SEC. Um, is that a concern for you? And, and where do you see uh, that needing to improve if the Gators are going to make it um, to the college football playoff this year?
2: Yeah, it's kind of two stories with this offense or this defense right now. And look, yeah, yeah. if you know Todd Grantham, there's a moniker around Todd Grantham, Third and Grantham. Uh, <laughs> hey, and it, fans know
0: him very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So it's reared its ugly head the beginning of the beginning part of the season, and one of the worst Third and Grantham performances that we saw was against Texas A&M. Florida's only lost this year. It was it was terrible uh, that game. And then Florida got hit with the COVID issue, was out for a couple of weeks, and they've improved. Up drastically in third down defense but you've traded that for giving up some a lot of explosive plays lately georgia was should have hit more uh, down the field uh, arkansas did hit a couple uh, of explosive plays um they held missouri in check a couple weeks ago so missouri didn't do a, a, a whole lot uh, to that gator defense but yeah i mean you've traded your third down defense and I, and I put it this way i'll take it this way of giving up the explosives because at least it you gets your offense back out there and <laughs> to go score some more points when you're giving up third down after third down after third down texas a&m did it south carolina did it Ole miss did it they were able to keep their offense on the field in the second half and keep the florida offense on the sideline in the second half so uh They'll get me wrong. They have a ways to go. Uh, I still think they're trying to figure out their best 11 on the field. They've dealt with some injuries. They've dealt with COVID. So they haven't really been able to play with their – I think what they might consider their best 11. Kyrie Campbell coming back a few weeks ago really solidified the front. That's where they've gotten better. I think that's why the third down defense has gotten better. But also it's gotten better because of the opponents. So what can you fix? If you're having explosive problems right now versus Arkansas and – Georgia should have been able to take advantage of a couple more you know Alabama's looking their chops their 40 50 yard bombs that they throw left and right oh, yeah. so Florida's got to fix that coming up in the next few weeks
0: yeah I, I they definitely do and and in terms of you know the line in this one Florida's about a 30 30 31 point favorite around um do you think they cover because because Vanderbilt has been you know over the years they've been sneaky but this year I'm sure a lot of people in Vegas have lost a lot of money on them. So in terms of that line, it is in Nashville, uh, and, and Florida will have an allotment of fans there. But you know, the crowd will, will likely not play a part. Do you think Florida covers that?
2: Uh, I got. I think my score I picked it was 52 to 20 on, on my show, so they would be 30. It'd be 32, so it'd be right there on the line. <laughs> right on it. So uh, that's that's about about where I see it now. Um, this offense it's it's on fire right now and, and until I see it not on fire then I guess I kind of have to worry about it you know and then yeah. go back to Florida Vandy last year I know you you don't take too much away from you know you don't use a transfer property year to year that gets you in trouble but it's one it's just one data point we can point to uh when we're looking at this game so we'll, we'll kind of see there uh where it goes I know um I probably expect Florida to put up some points early and then maybe Vanderbilt they maybe kind of call scratch their way back a little bit. Cause that's kind of what has been the story for Vanderbilt a, a little bit this year anyway, is giving up some points early and then maybe call claw, calling their way back. So, so far offense isn't in sync. If this is the, probably the first game of the season where they aren't in sync. You know, if it's a close game at halftime, uh, you know, I, I expect Vanderbilt to play it pretty safe on both sides of the ball, slow the game down. If you can with the run, with the run game, play a lot of prevent dime defense to maybe you're know, not get beat deep uh, by this Florida offense and you just see you take your chances that way and seeing it but uh, I got to see this Florida offense stop before I believe it can be stopped
0: <laughs> yeah I, hey I'm with you there it gave Dave it seems like the, the Florida Vandy rivalry I mean I don't, know, I don't know if you're gonna call it a rivalry whatever it is the series the past three four years has been very interesting and, and obviously you saw the chippiness a couple of years ago too um, at Vanderbilt Stadium so obviously. Um, You know, probably still a little bit of hatred on either side, but in terms of the atmosphere, Florida is allowed a certain allotment of fans. How do you think they'll travel to Nashville, especially with all the COVID protocols? And, and, and will I don't know if we have a number on that quite yet, but in terms of of Florida fans uh, potentially coming to Vanderbilt City, do you have any, any intel on that?
2: Uh, I will say this is probably the most asked about game I've been in, but hey, do you know where I can find tickets? (laughs) So, which is, I mean, I know Gator fans love going to Nashville and and taking that trip, Uh, but from what I can gather, tickets are probably pretty hard to come by because I've had a few requests that, hey, do you know where I can find tickets? I'm like, I really don't. Vanderbilt's website, there's none to be found. Uh, So I don't, you know, I don't know if there's much on the secondary market. I I haven't dived into it that far, but I don't, I'm assuming um, what player families can go or yeah, it's
1: right now. They just, yeah. this will be the first game that actually parents are allowed in Vanderbilt okay. stadium. So it'll be parents and family members and maybe a short friend or friends and extended family list as well for players.
2: Yeah, because uh, I'm on Bill King's show there in Nashville every, yeah. every Tuesday, and I, uh, one of his listeners had sent to me that, hey, we're allowing some sort of fans this week, so uh, I, I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, there, there's
1: no tickets or anything actually offered, because I'm a season ticket, but no tickets offered to fans or anything like okay. that, and there's not even any on a secondary market um, right. um, either. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that's,
0: that's where we're at with that one. So uh, I, yeah. Yeah. they're I, like, hey, I guess, can, I, I guess, can I
2: scalp some? I'm like, I don't yeah. even think you can scalp them. So <laughs> I guess you can't really answer that question right now. Yeah. But, but uh, I will say there has been a lot of, I guess, because you can't find tickets. I guess that's why I'm being asked <laughs> a lot. Hey, do you know where I can find tickets?
0: Yeah, but no, I mean, th- this series, though, it's definitely been fun fun to kind of keep an eye on. I want to go to Vandy's side now. Um, you mentioned the line. It's, it's about a 31 right now. Vanderbilt keeps this game close if what where where, where do you where do you fill in that blank I know you touch on a little bit but but as a whole how, how do you think they keep it close
2: I think Ken Seals, man, I mean, he's in, in the offense. Y'all are not afraid to throw, it, throw the ball down the field. And as I said, Florida's given up some explosives the last few weeks. So, you know, you you stay in it and, and, and you let Seals use his big arm and see if he can uh, beat this Florida secondary deep like so many uh, people have. And then at, toward the beginning of the season, Florida gave up a lot of yards, like one particular receiver of each team. Elijah Moore burnt Florida time and time again. Smith for South Carolina, burnt. Uh, uh, if Florida again, and Texas a and game. I forget the uh, the receiver's name. He got hurt in that game, but uh, I, but he he burnt Florida. So the first three games, Florida gave up a whole lot of yards to one particular receiver in each game. So you know, Chris Pierce Jr. here for Vanderbilt. I mean, he's he's been coming on a whole lot lately too. As seals been as seals has been progressing, so has you know Pierce's numbers kind of went up a bit too in these last few games. So you know, Florida can't fix the explosives in the in their past defense, and I think you can look for seals and and, and Pierce to maybe beat Florida for a couple of deep shots. And if you do that early on, and you get some confidence in this Vanderbilt team, then I do I, I do think that's the uh, that's the that's the route to maybe get into a shootout. I don't, I don't see Vandy's defense doing much to stop Florida's um offense but i can see if as far as defense you know gets down not down but lets a couple scores happen early then you know, maybe confidence on that side of the ball goes down a bit and you find yourself in a shootout
1: yeah i don't think any defense has been able to slow down that florida defense yeah Dorf- that's, exactly that's not a yeah, shot at baby any defense
2: <laughs> yeah yeah georgia's
1: <laughs> was supposedly one of the top five or ten defenses in the country and y'all and y'all put up 44 points on them so yeah um i, I don't know if there's really a scheme to stop this this I don't want to say it, but historic record-setting offense because you're doing this against only SCC defenses, as opposed to an offense like LSU last year that has four uh, out-of-conference games.
2: Yeah, it just it, and it doesn't matter what you've thrown at contrast zone man blitz. Everybody throw everybody back. I mean, Arkansas time and time again last week only rushed three, dropped eight, and it, it didn't matter. He, yeah. as I said, he had to go and fit it into tight windows because they were dropping eight in the coverage. And he did it, so I mean, Trask has just been able. Whatever you've thrown at him, he's been able to 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 go and keep putting up numbers. now
0: yeah, we're we're gonna time now to to get you a game pick here, Dave. Obviously, you know, you kind of you mentioned your score 52-20. but on this one, how, how do you think you know the course of the game files out? You know, and, and in terms of prediction, you know, being at Vanderbilt, early kick, you know, if Florida sleepwalking, could could see a closer game than than people expect. But um, in terms of this one, uh, give us a game pick.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think Florida. <laughs> Had a three thirty game versus Georgia and a night game versus Missouri. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Every other game's been at noon for Florida, so the, the, the noon kicks haven't really slowed down. Hasn't slowed them down yeah. uh, just yet. But I, I can see, uh, and we've seen it uh, a good bit the last week. Probably giving up an early explosive. Like I said, it, it has happened against Georgia. It happened against Arkansas last week. Uh, so we'll see. And as I said, I, I believe in seals of arm. And I think as every week that we've seen Vanderbilt, we've seen, I think, a confidence in being, in him being able to do that e- even more. So I think as, you know, probably an early, early bomb that Vanderbilt connects on. And first quarter may look kind of questionable there, but Florida has, I mean, dominated the second quarter this year. And it's not even Florida. I mean, the, the Georgia game that went down 14, nothing, and then at halftime, it was 38-14. 30, so, you know, and and then last week did it again against Arkansas. So, I can see a tight game in the first quarter and kind of just following the same trend Florida has followed lately, puts well, up a big second quarter.
1: Yeah, something's got to give because so far throughout the first quarter this season, Vanderbilt is being outscored 66-3. to three. So, Oof. something's, something's got to give in that first
0: quarter in this upcoming game. But – um yeah. Hey, well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely see. Cause, cause I mean, you look at Vanderbilt this year, you mentioned the slow start. If they find a way to to mm-hmm. like get off to a fast start and, and then you could see a close first half Florida is going to have to play well in the second. So we'll see. But one thing I will say, will right now, I know Gators breakdown that podcast is a lot is a, is a step ahead of us because of that backdrop that, that Gator <laughs> Dave has. Right yeah. Now. We
1: got to, we got to step it up for us.
0: My goodness, we got some automated here. We're gonna to have to get us a couple studios uh, to to get that up and running. But Dave, thanks a lot for taking the time. Um, you know, impressive studio behind you. Can't wait. Uh, good luck with your coverage. Um, are Are you making the trip to Nashville or no?
2: I am not. Uh, this is actually the year I was planning on making it, but uh, TV stations like eh, we're not sending anybody out in the COVID world right now. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of just the way it is. But I, I want to make the trip because I want to say, hey, Bill, I'm, I'm coming in on yeah. Friday. Let me hit your show on Friday morning instead of Tuesday morning. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll make the, yeah, make the game uh, there uh, on Saturday. So That'd hopefully, hopefully in 2022.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully so. And, and, and again, you know, we'll continue to monitor that Florida Kyle Pitts, you know, situation, same with Kyle Trask, see if he wins a Heisman and again, good luck tomorrow. And um, you know, thanks for taking the time and uh, let's see what happens tomorrow. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks Dave.